Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, Punchamaniacs. I am beyond excited to be joining you again. Uh, we were away for a little while, and I hope you'll forgive us. There was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, nothing, not boxing, though. <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing worth boxing. So I was really frustrated as a boxing fan. This weekend, it was good to be back and just watching boxing again. So there was a couple of things that kind of happened while we were gone, too. There was a, a trilogy that nobody asked for, you know, like uh, that wasn't even worth watching for free. Uh, so I skipped that one altogether. Is that the Tyson uh, Fury fight? Yeah. That yeah. Was, I didn't. I'm so sick of seeing Chisora fight anybody, let alone for a belt. I just maybe if I grew up uh, liking that dude, maybe I'd I'd be excited that he was getting another shot. But uh, you weren't alive in the 1940s, though. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely not not excited about that one. I mean, I, I, I respect what he did, you know, during World War Two when he was, uh, you know, out in front taking care of whatever the uh, RAF was taking care of. But doesn't mean I appreciate him today. So uh, on Saturday news, though, there was uh, the 10 count on every broadcast this weekend. Uh, we lost one of the dudes that i first knew at the not even one of the dudes the dude that i first knew the name of a referee was yeah. mills lane all right he was the ref in all the big fights when i was growing up yeah it was sad to see that he had passed away just recently you know they had some cool tributes to him this uh this past weekend beside the 10 bells yeah none of them were from when he was i don't know if you remember this show do you remember celebrity death match without MTV? a doubt and it was like the claymation guys doing like yeah. WWE wrestling. It was great. And Mills Lane was the referee on there. Like that's how much of an iconic pop culture symbol this dude was that he's like, you know, he's just the referee. Usually we just complain about them. But this guy was such a character and such a big personality. Everybody knows Mills Lane. So, yeah, I think for this week and, and a lot of the referees did this during their fights to like pay tribute for him. After touching gloves, you know, they they all said his catchphrase. So I think this week, that's how we should kick off our first deep dive for us. Let's get it on. Michael Conlon, 31 years old, coming in at 17 and one versus Kareem Gurfi, maybe, whatever, he lost. Coming in at 31 and seven, the gentleman is 35 years old. <laughs> Now, to Mick Conlon's credit, Franco, he knew we didn't want to watch a lot of this one, so he got it over in the first round. Uh, <laughs> this was a nice welcome back to Boxing Fritz, you know, where it was just the guy you knew was going to win, shut it down right in the first round, and was just relentless. Yeah. Would not let off the gas. I don't know whether it was kind of a lesson learned in his previous fight where he lost to Lee Wood. For people that don't remember that fight, he was beating the shit out of Lee Wood for 11 rounds, and then in the 12th round, took one square on the chin and fell through the ropes. Like, yeah. knockout of the year kind of kind of stuff. I was curious to see how he was going to come back from that devastating KO. The fact that he handled it against a real veteran, you know what I mean? Like, he, I made fun of uh, Kareem because I don't know how to say his last name, but the dude has 31 wins. He's not a pushover. This was a, a decent test. Absolutely a step back, but yeah. 
still a good test. Yeah, it was good to see him have his feet back under him and just finish the job right there in the first round. Yeah, I do like me some Michael Conlon. He is super entertaining. Uh, Since the first time that I saw him, I was like, you were the one that told me about him flipping off the Olympic judges. And since then, I've been completely on board with him. It was a bummer to see him lose when he lost. But in this fight, not only was he dominant, but that crowd was so amped up and behind him that it was like he could have been fighting Mike Tyson in his prime. And Conlon might have been able to take him with the way that this crowd was so heavily behind him. Yeah, I noticed that right away, just how packed this place was. From I Now, granted, I only watched the two fights previous to this, mm-hmm. but the place was packed the whole time that I was watching. You know, where I get disappointed when we're watching a fight in Vegas, people only show up for the main event. It's like, dude, you bought the whole ticket. Get your money's worth. There's some really good fights going on before the main event. And these people were wound up and ready to go in the previous two fights as well. So tip of the cap to Belfast. You definitely showed yourself out. You know, it looks like a cool place to go watch a fight. Yeah, that was it was a hot crowd. It looked like a lot of fun. Conlon came out. I, I don't know what the song was that the lady was singing. It was like a really slow, very Irish song. I have no idea what it was, but everybody in the crowd was singing along. And then Conlon just came out real slow and stood there like a badass for a minute. It was a lot of fun. Do you know what the song was? It was uh, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> her and Bonner are the only two Irish uh, musicians I know. It had to have been Sinead O'Connor. So we're going to go with, and catch, unless you could tell me that it was not for sure Sinead O'Connor, then uh, we're going we're going with factual, it was Sinead O'Connor. So, uh, yeah. And I, I don't know if you, did you watch the fight, the co-main event or the, you know, the main support for this. So that was actually one of my favorite things about this. Like, I think that the most Irish thing about this entire card was that it was on at the exact same time that England was playing in the world cup. So I was, (laughs) I was watching France versus England and then I flipped over. So I saw like the tail end of the fight, the co-main event, but yeah, yeah, like that was the biggest F you to England. They're like, (laughs) we're going to pack this place and we don't even care that you're losing or winning to the front. We don't, we don't care at all. And then they had their own boxing card. It was great. Yeah. I don't even remember the dude's name, but in my head, I kept calling him telegraph Tommy because every time he was going to throw the right <laughs> hand, he had like this weird motion where he was like loading up. He's like, all right, he's throwing the right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this should be the easiest dude to defend yourself for. But yeah, it was, it was a nice welcome back to boxing. Conlon is going to have tougher competition going forward, but this was a nice welcome back. After what could have ended some people's careers, you know what I mean? Yeah. He literally fell through the ropes and onto the deck, fell down a few feet. It it could have been gruesome, but he came back. This was all Conlon boxing. You know, that was the promoter of this fight uh, in association with Top Rank. And it was, it was fun. It was a nice little treat to welcome me back to boxing. Tiafimo Lopez, 25 years old, coming in at 17 and 1, versus Sandor Martin, 29 years old, coming in at 40 and 2. I think I've seen this movie before, Franco. Guy is really good at 135, moves up to 140, and becomes a normal person. You know, it goes from being superhuman to human. It, it's almost like where going from 135, you have to go through that door that Superman did in Superman 2 to lose his powers so he could be with Lois. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, what, <laughs> that's the door Tiafimo Lopez and uh, Mikey Garcia had to go through to get to 140 because... <laughs> They went from superstars 
two dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'll be upfront. I thought Lopez probably lost this fight, but I had it razor thin, you know? Okay. I thought that this was really a close fight. I thought Sander Martin, he actually, funny, I brought up uh, Mikey Garcia because that's, he actually sent Mikey Garcia into retirement. Sander Martin was supposed to be this tune-up fight for Mikey Garcia. The majority decision went to Sandro Martin. And the only controversy there is that it should have been unanimous. Like Sandro Martin was frustrating the hell out of Mikey Garcia and did the exact same thing here that, uh, against Tiafima Lopez. His head movement is wonderful. Like if that's all he was bringing to the table, he has a shot in every fight just because he does not keep his head on the line. He keeps his feet moving. Yeah. He is not an easy dude to hit. Is he exciting to watch? Not at all. All right. He will get on his bike, but guys can cut off the ring too. And Tiafimo wasn't doing it. I think there was two knockdowns in this fight. The the second they scored the knockdown in the seventh, a clear punch lands to the head. And just because he didn't have his feet in the right place, when a punch landed, you waved off the knockdown. That was bullshit. Protect yourself at all times. Don't get your feet tangled. You got hit with a punch and you hit the mat. That is a knockdown. All right, I'm almost willing to overlook that because I thought a point should have been taken away for the rabbit punch that Sandro Martin did land. I forget oh. what round it was. But yeah, yeah. either way, that should have evened out the point. So I'm not too mad about it. One thing that I am mad about, Franco, on this is 97-92. Yeah. Nobody should have had it 97-92 for either guy. All right, 95-93, those were legitimate scores that I could see. That you can absolutely make a case for. I cannot see anybody making a case for 97-92. It's just a bullshit scorecard. Uh, that's actually exactly what I scored. No, I'm just kidding. I, I totally <laughs> ag- <laughs> I totally agree. That like when that happened, it was more annoying than anything else because then it changes the narrative of what actually happened during the fight. Because then that's what people are going to be focusing on. And they start talking about, you know, the fixes in and all that kind of stuff. And it's like I believe Teofimo won, but I had it scored like you said, but it was pretty close. Um, I had it 96, 93. Okay. I could, I could see 97, 92, maybe, maybe I could see a draw. I didn't think that the knockdown in the second round was a knockdown, but the one that, and that one, that's the one that they counted as a knockdown. And then the one in the seventh, I thought for sure was a knockdown and they did not count that one. So that was all very weird to me as well. Yeah, and for people listening that didn't catch this fight, you've seen knockdowns that'll get people out of their seat. Neither one of these knockdowns was that. This no. was flash knockdowns that he landed the punch at the right time, but that's part of boxing. You know, it's like keep yourself on your feet. You know, they weren't flashy, wonderful knockdowns that are going to be on any highlight reel, but I still thought that they were knockdowns. Yeah, and you're obviously wrong on the one, but <laughs> wrong, wrong, no, I, wrong. I could see how they got it. So it was like, you know, I wasn't up in arms about it. I was just thinking, well, Teofimo needs to step it up. And he he did look very fast. He looked like he was, you know, kind of the Teofimo of old to a certain extent, at least at the very beginning. And then as he started getting a little bit winded, his output definitely came down. Martin took advantage. This was a hard one for me to watch for it's this would be like you watching Notre Dame versus Ohio where it's kind of like oh geez like I don't really want to root for either one. Yeah, I don't but, want either of these guys to win. But but I'm watching it anyway. Like Spain versus Honduras, 
and nothing against Hondurans. You know, I, I love Hondurans. They're actually really nice people. Some of my favorite students I've ever had were Honduran. But Teofimo Lopez and his dad can be so obnoxious and so annoying that like him personally, I'm not a fan of. And then Martin, just the whole country of Spain, we could do without them. So watching these two fighting, it was hard to try to like be biased like I usually would. So I feel like my scoring pretty unbiased. I was trying to be very fair because I didn't like either one of these guys. And then at the end, I thought Teofimo, I thought it was the right guy that won. But did he look great? Am I looking forward to his next fight? Am I thinking, oh, what title should he be going for? He looked very okay. Like he yeah. he didn't dominate this. Yeah, the bloom is off the rose. You know, like that's what it was yeah. going through my head. Like it's the he's not the same guy at 140. That's just clear. He at no point hurt Sander Martin, you know, where he was hurting some guys at 135. It's yeah. just not the same dude at 140. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where he's gonna go from here. Uh I definitely don't think that this was some kind of performance that's going to shoot him up the 140 pound ranks that he deserves some title shot after this. But if he does fight Taylor or one of the 140 pound champions, I would tune in and watch for sure. So we'll see where he goes from here. There was some other fun stuff on the, on the undercard, but you know, we'll cover that in our final segment, Franco. Let's do that. Oh, wait, no. Let's get it on then, or get it <laughs> off. I don't know. How, yeah. Let's get it off. I think that <laughs> yeah, we'll get in trouble for that. That's yeah, a different show. People have be listening with their pants off if that's true. <laughs> so, Puncher Maniacs, thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, thank you for subscribing. We definitely appreciate your patience in uh, our absence. Uh, we're back, and uh, we had some fun this weekend. Top rank really came through. Yep. Uh, I still haven't uh, accepted DAZN back in my life, so I missed the Josh Warrington headbutt fest. But yeah. I've seen I, I've seen some highlights. I do enjoy watching a Josh Warrington fight, but it, he can get uh, a little dirty throwing the headbutts and such. But this undercard was was fun on top rank. We got to see the regular cast of top rank boxing. You know, we got to see <laughs> Keyshawn Davis uh, yep. beat up his his opponent. We got to see Xander Zayas take that another step forward where the dude was, you know, a test for him, but he's still yeah. just better. Where Sanchez looked like he came ready. I don't think that I've ever seen a Freddie Roach trained boxer not ready. So I wasn't surprised that Sanchez was ready to give Xander Zayas everything he had. Yeah. But at the end of it, Zayas was just too much for him. I look forward to seeing him continue to progress. And then the uh, the Grinch stole the show. Yeah, because uh, our guy Jared Big Baby Anderson came on, and the dude he was fighting was no chump. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have the best record, but I definitely didn't think he was going to get knocked out in the second round. All right? No, uh, enough where I had bet the over on that fight, and uh, it cost my parlay. Um, so I had I, I really thought Forrest was going to be able to stand tall, but he came in and uh, chopped down those trees. So uh, ah. it was fun to see him. Big green, big green gloves and the uh, the Grinch costume. It was fun. Tell us about the ring walk, Franco. Oh, th well, there was a couple. There's there's a lot to unpack in this undercard. But I'm curious about something you said. You said that you bet on, on that last one. I couldn't find any boxing on the Rivers app. And they were, you know, they were promoting their DraftKings and stuff. I was almost like, shit, do I have to download another gambling app? I had to search it by name where it wasn't coming up in the top. Okay. Uh, 
But yeah, that's probably something we can. Uh, we don't want to bore the listeners with that. No. We don't want to bore the listeners <laughs> with our gambling problems. But uh, hey. yeah, it took me a minute to find it, but I did find it. Gambling has made this World Cup a lot more fun for me. Uh, and yeah. then each time I tell my family, they're like, we think you have a problem because you're just telling us about American football and soccer slash, uh, you know, football for the rest of the world and and now boxing. And I'm just like, yeah, but I, I'm on a hot streak now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> smart. Yeah, I took uh, Lopez over Warrington. So I got that right nice. in my parlay. I took the over on uh, Teofimo Lopez and Sandra Martin. And I took the over on Jared Anderson and uh, Jerry Forrest and uh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, so the first one with Xander Zayas, uh, I think the thing that stood out the most to me, aside from Salazar's uh, shorts, his ring gear. Oh, all, yeah. Like, those pink are pink and purple. Mm-hmm. And he had the, the stupid Muppet fur on the side of his shorts, which I will take that to my grave that I hate. Absolutely hate that look. So even though he was the Mexican in the fight, I was like, I hope this dude gets launched out of the ring. But I'm surprised you said that Xander Zayas looked like he took a step forward. I thought he looked like he maybe took a step back because he came out so fast and so strong and then was completely gassed until like the very, very end of the fight when he finally decided to unload. But it, it was almost like he went too hard at the beginning trying to put on a show and then burned himself out. I, I agree that he did kind of empty the tank a little bit early, but I also think he realized after landing a couple clean shots that he's like, I'm not getting this guy out of here. I better yeah. settle in for the long haul. And that's exactly what happened. So that's why I thought he recognized that Sanchez was going to be there all night. He wasn't going to get rid of him. And he did pull back to make it through the full the full eight. Yeah. Now, if anything, the new haircut that he's sporting, that might make it. He's got the skin fade going where it's like super, super short and fades up. I like that a lot better than what he used to. He had like, a, was it cornrows, right, that he used to wear? Or he, had, he definitely had some braids. Yeah, yeah. It was the braids. So I like this look much better. If anything, he looks more mature. And it's like, that's what you want to see is him growing as a fighter. But also just the haircut look clean. But Jared Anderson, holy crap, that Grinch outfit, for anybody that missed it, it was full-on Santa, green Santa hat, the Grinch mask, which I'm glad he didn't like get winded or pull a Deontay Wilder right. on his way to the ring. Full green Santa suit, like everything was Grinched out, and he was dancing. Like this dude danced all the way to the ring, and it's just so much fun. Like you can see that he's enjoys beating up other human beings and, and just takes pure pleasure out of it. It was so much fun to watch him get to the ring. And then for the first five seconds, Forrest looked great. I was like, holy shit, we're going to have an upset. And then for the other two minutes and 55 seconds of the first round, it was, <laughs> it was all Jared Anderson. He threw over a hundred punches in the first round. Like he was yeah. just unloading, but credit to Forrest. The ref didn't stop it in the first round because he would just keep throwing these huge shots that would cut through the barrage that was coming at him and they would just land it clean. And you could see Jared Anderson kind of take a step back and be like, oh, shit, that hurt. Yeah, he kept going. It was super entertaining for only being one round plus 30 seconds or whatever it was. I loved the Jared Anderson fight. Yeah, I definitely love uh, watching Jared Anderson. If For anybody that's not familiar with him, get in on the ground floor of uh, Jared Anderson because you're going to see him 
as a title holder someday. Buy now, buy in now. This would be like you know buying Apple stock in the seventies. You know, like <laughs> it's gonna pay off for sure. Like this dude is so good. I know ESPN will. You know, some other guys are really hyped and then turn out to be good but not wonderful. I yeah. I don't think that's gonna be the case with Jared Anderson. I think the you know, the hype is real and he's just a fun dude to watch. He's like 24 and fast and gigantic and he enjoys his ring walks and yeah, uh, so do it's, I. it's fun. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a fun fighter. So if that's your homework, puncher maniacs, if you don't know Jared Anderson yet, get to know him. You're going to enjoy it. Now he called out an, a bunch of names at the end. I like Cuban flash. I think him and Frank Sanchez would be a fun fight. Plus, I think Jared Anderson can take him because I don't want to see him lose just yet. But I think that Jared Anderson would be, even though Cuban Flash, you know, Flash is supposed to be fast. Uh, we've gotten burned by that dude enough times that he is not yeah, fast. He's so not. I think Jared Anderson would, I think if he's going to do a big name or, you know, a bigger name fight, that that's the one that he should shoot for. Yeah, as long as it's not against Chisora, I'll be happy. Uh, whoever he's taking on next, maybe he can uh, take on Dillian White. But I think in order to fight White, you have to agree to to a no uppercut clause because that sleeps that dude every time. Yeah, I don't know what's next for him, but I definitely, it's wonderful to have him on these ESPN cards that are, there's no charge for it other than your ESPN subscription. So it's it, it was definitely a fun weekend of boxing. There was another fight on that was pay-per-view. It was a $40 pay-per-view that uh, I don't even know if I would have tuned in if it was free because Terrence Crawford can fight whoever he wants. All right. Oh, yeah. He's he's an independent contractor. Uh, he does not have to listen to anybody. But I also don't have to tune in because David Avenisian is a good fighter, but not worthy of a shot at the title. There's so many other options out there, even beside just Errol Spence, to, for this dude to fight and for him to take the Avenisian fight. Hey, take it. If, if that's your payday, go ahead. But I don't have to tune in and watch it. That's kind of what I've figured out, Franco. Like these dudes, I'm tired of going like, oh, they got to fight this guy. They got to fight that guy. Hey, fight who you want, and then I'll decide whether I'm going to even bother watching. Yeah, and really, that's the only way that we as fans can speak up is with our wallets. You know, I do that with a lot of stuff in everyday life. And if you're going to be fighting somebody that I don't really, that isn't the fight I want to see. It isn't the fight that everybody's clamoring for. And then on top of it, you're going to charge extra for it. Like, then we just don't, we don't tune in. We don't get it. It's the same with the YouTubers. It's the same with everybody else. Like if it's, there's big fights to be made. There's plenty of big names in the different divisions out there. And if you're not going to fight the other big names, then we don't have to spend our money. Now, yeah. speaking of other big names, the fights we got coming up, I think it's Tuesday night, Franco. Yeah, we have uh, anyway going for Undisputed against Paul Butler. I'm tuning in for that. I pr probably won't be able to watch it live. <laughs> yeah, uh, because so it's four in, in the morning, right? <laughs> but I will be watching the uh, the replay on that, and certainly looking forward to that. Anyway, is a pound for pound king. Just a wonderful, wonderful fighter. Next weekend, there's also another couple top rank cards that I'll tune in, and you know we'll see what. Uh, th there's no real names that jump off the page, but you know what? Tune in uh, next week and hear what we got to say. Punch Maniacs. We'll sort through the garbage and let you know what what you should watch, what maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. If you don't got anything else, Franco, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.